Hello, and welcome back to Belmont Bunch. This week, we're joined by returning guest Sterling and returning guest Tom. Uh, it's my podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. You've just been demoted. Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Islanders' two games that they had in this past week since we have last shared a podcast with you. Uh, the game against Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators. Both oh, of which... and you forgot Vancouver. Didn't we uh, not do Vancouver? No, last? we recorded the last podcast right after the Vancouver game. Oh, you're right. Yes. Okay, so and we only got to talk about two disasters. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Since our last podcast, we still haven't won a game. Um, <laughs> we have two points. Yes. Look at us. Look at us go. Two loser points. Um, yeah. And uh, we will discuss if the Islanders... What the Islanders should do with the trade deadline fast approaching? Uh, should they retool? Should they buy at the deadline? Or should they completely rebuild, set everything on fire, and uh, hope for the best? Move to so, the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be that's part of the knock down the Coliseum, rebuild it. <laughs> <laughs> that's part. Of, I'm saying if you're if you're on team full rebuild, that includes going back to the old stadium. <laughs> um. Anyway, all right. So, uh, Sterling, why don't you start us off with talking about the Montreal game? And uh, if you know, if you want to, otherwise, yeah, Carl, yeah. I guess can talk about the Montreal game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so Montreal was Saturday afternoon game. Lots of fun. So Montreal had a lot of guys out of the lineup. And by a lot, I think it was pretty comparable to where the Islanders were last fall in 2021. So this should have been an easy win. Panthers legend Sam Montembeau in that should have lit him up. And we played a pretty Islander game, I'd say. Uh, And not the good Islanders identity, like the past two years Islanders identity. We were able to score a couple of times, but I'd say they were pretty fluky. Bo Horvat was in the corner at the end of the second period, just threw it. He just threw it into the slot and it somehow went in, bounced off Mountain Bow and in. Uh, Matt Martin had a deflection, so he's continuing his seemingly career year. But I think the main takeaway other than overtime, was how bad the defense was that game. They continued a trend from Vancouver where they were just not winning battles in front of their own net. They were letting Montreal screen Barlamov way too much, and as a result, too many goals went in. We went to overtime, had a four-on-three power play. That looked pretty bad, not as bad as the one from last night, but that's another story. And at the end of said power play, Matt Barzell had a little mis- very costly mistake that ended the game with Montreal winning. Also, they hadn't won a game in their reverse retros before that. And like this was their sixth or seventh time wearing it. So that was unfortunate. So yeah, Charitable. it was yeah, <laughs> it, it was a great way of spending my Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's actually <laughs> It's funny you mentioned the mistake that Matt Barzal made because uh, he's made mistakes in overtime, at least one other time I can think of this season. That cost, obviously, it was in overtime, so it cost us the game. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. uh, that's concerning. Anyway, um, thank you for that very succinct Tommy take notes. 
recap. Uh, <laughs> not meander at all. <laughs> it's not going to meander as much today because I have to keep my head at a certain. I I'm using very bad headphones today. My other pair uh, is charging. I just got a new set, uh, wow. and they're wireless. And these are not. These are like in my brain, but also somehow <laughs> loose at the same time. I don't understand how that works. I'm going to start off by complaining about something that does not matter at all. Uh, those Montreal reverse retros. God, I love the powder blue, um, but the names are in dark blue and you can barely see the names on the jerseys. That seems like a slight mistake. Um, and yeah, uh, Sterling recapped it really well. Uh, they gave up so, like some very preventable goals. Um, I think it was Pelic that lost a net front battle that just, he let the guy get body position. Um, Pelic had like body position with the player behind the net. I want to say it was, um, was this on the dock goal? It might've been the dock goal. Um, and uh, just allows the guy to sneak in between him and Varley, get in front of him, and then doesn't lift his stick. Um, kind of like Adam Pellick has not looked great. Uh, he took some bad penalties in the Vancouver game. He has struggled recently. Um, everybody has struggled recently, really. Uh, in the, in the, except for Beauville, uh, <laughs> Bovillier is not struggling, except for Bo Horvat. He's looked, Bo Horvat's looked like he's completely belonged and he's added exactly what we thought he would. Um, you know, you talked about his goal being kind of fluky, and you're absolutely right. But the like, I love. I, I don't know how many Islanders throw that puck on the net. Pretty much nobody, mm-hmm. and that's something that they haven't done the last few years. They haven't thrown pucks at the net from bad angles. Like they've kind of, uh, for a few years there, it was like they would barely get any shots on net. Um, they would like force only the shots that were completely clear. Um, and sometimes you have to get those dirty goals and, you know, Horvat showed a way to do that. Um, you know, it helps to have Sam Montenbow in goal um, and, you know, kind of helping to kick it in. Uh, but yeah, that, that was good. Um, Brock Nelson scored again. Brock Nelson's been playing really well recently, upping that trade value. If we're <laughs> talking about full rebuild, um, uh, Matt Martin, Uh, I think it's been one of the guys this year. There's been a lot to complain about. We know there's a podcast. It's us. Um, But Matt Martin, I feel like I have no complaints. Um, You know, like he's kind of in a perfect spot too, where like the expectations are never going to be wild for Mm -hmm. Matt Martin, but he's meeting them like six goals in the fourth line. You know, if he hits 10, I'd be extremely happy for him because that'd be, I think the second time in his career that he does that to me, he's still skating pretty well. He's still physical. I am like blown away by the fact that he can still play the game that he has his whole career. You know, we're looking at Clutterbuck kind of, you know, looking like Clutterbuck's towards the end of his career, having trouble finishing games. Now he's on the IR. Uh, Mount Martin has just continued to do what he does best. So I do still appreciate the fourth line. It is kind of sad that the fourth line into their mid thirties, is looking like the best line on the Islanders. Um, even though, you know, Brock, or sorry, Brock looks good. Um, but, you know, his line mates have varied. And um, good stuff out of um, uh, Bo, new Bo, and uh, yeah. Barzi. There's been we good, all felt good, bad good. for Beauvillier, but really, he we should feel happy for him because he escaped. Yeah, he's, just, <laughs> he's, he's uh, I, you know, I, I warned people if he starts playing well, you know, don't lose your minds. Thankfully, I don't think I've seen anybody be like, well, we shouldn't have made the trade because I miss Bo. 
if people mm. like, I, I feel like you're pretty consistent not you any of you in particular people <laughs> i feel like people have been consistent at least if they didn't like the trade then they definitely don't like it now um i was kind of lukewarm on it slightly in favor of it at the time and i've actually grown to like it even more just because i think Bo is fantastic and fits and has good chemistry with barzy but they're like it shows that they weren't one player away oh away and i think we talked about you know yeah. this is a good buy but you know they still have to retool and um kind of giving away what my position is at the deadline but these uh, these two games at uh, three games if we're also talking about vancouver uh are unacceptable because penalties lack of effort letting teams that do not care anymore this year stick around and you're a team that against you know nature is still in it uh this islander team does not deserve to still be in it um they're very lucky that other teams are aging and falling apart uh, and uh the islanders don't look like they could be bothered to put in a 60 minute effort um my, i'm going to explode if uh matt barzell does what he did in that overtime ever again and I know he's done it a few times, and I get it. You know, it's Lane now. It's not Trotz. Trotz with Trotz, um, Matt would be sitting on the bench for a good while. I know you can't sit on the bench after the game. I mean, you could try, <laughs> but like, there would be repercussions if Trotz was still here. And I think you can tell I kind of miss Trotz because there is no structure, there's no plan right now, and uh, he's just letting the players do what they want, and the players are sucking. And he's like, all right, you can continue to suck. I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, I'm going to scream at you in practice. Yes, in, that's in what I was going to mention. Yeah. In game 59, <laughs> I'm going to start taking this seriously. Like, I know look, it's not like every game, every practice, he's just like, do whatever you want. I know I just <laughs> said that, but I was being hyperbolic. Um, but Listen to what I say. I no, just, wait, listen to what I mean, not what I say. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that, like, every Islanders writer was just talking about how much he lit into them. And then they put on as bad a performance in the next game. So clearly, uh, you know, we talked about last year, the writers tried to sell the narrative that, um, you know, Trotz lost the team. Maybe the team just like has gotten fat and greedy and like old and doesn't care anymore. And they're not responding to any coach. And you know what you do when stuff like that happens, you make big trades and really shake it up. You really, these guys need to know that like, oh, we're not just going to like be like going to golf clubs once the season's over and not worry about how we suck. Um, I mean, do you seriously have the fear of God in it? Do you seriously think <laughs> though that what, per, if any percentage, what percentage of the team is actually thinking, oh, I'm going to mail it in because I'm getting paid 5 million this year or whatever. I think it's less like straight up that I, I, I never think it's that black and white. I think it comes down to like, if the coach can get my best out of me. Uh, and I don't think this coach gets the best out of his players. Like, I don't, I, I feel like these players know, like, I, look, if you're Matt Barzell, like, I'm still going to play 29 minutes the next night. I'm uh, not literally 29 minutes, but I'm still going to play a lot. Um, and if Trotz were still here, he would be riding the bench and we would be frustrated mm -hmm. because it is our best player. But I, I, I want our players to get better. I don't want them to like just think that what they're doing is good enough because it isn't. And I think it needs a harsher touch from the coach. Um, I'm very curious. I don't like him as a coach. Very curious what this team would look like with um, Tortorella 
right now. A very different situation. I don't like him as a coach, really. But I am talking about like a coach that really puts the screws to you. And that's like the foremost coach that does that um, right now. Uh, it doesn't really seem to be working too well in Philly. So it's not, I don't, I'm not saying that that would be this huge fix, but I think if you're going to let go of lane, which I would, I would have done that after I would have done that after one of these games. Um, I probably would have done that after the Ottawa game because we had the whole, we had the whole song and dance like, Oh, I really lit into them and they still suck and they didn't care. And they like, yeah, I, I, I think we are, we can now say what people were saying about trots last year. Lane's lost the locker room and I think it's time to go. Um, okay. It looks like uh, a bond villain ad hominem. Uh, uh, on that note, anything, uh, anything you want to add about either of you guys want to add about the auto game or talk about the auto game before we talk about what we think, what our approach would be towards, you know, the team approaching the trade deadline. I'd like to talk about the overtime for the auto game. So allegedly, as part of that harsh practice, um, they were working on their four-on-three power play. <laughs> and I, I, I'd like to know what they were working on. If you're the opponent and you are scouting the Islanders before playing them, this goes for their regular power play as well. But the only thing they were doing is you have Dobson at the point. He was trying to set up Nelson for a one-timer. On the other side, you have Barzell, and Barzell is acting like Josh Bailey on the power <laughs> play and holding on to the puck for 10 seconds at a time before giving it away. And then Corvat is in sort of the bumper spot. Like, he's not really screening the goaltender. He's not really getting good chances to shoot. And it was slow. There was, like, no sense of urgency at all. I'm not sure what coach is responsible for the power play, but maybe it's a coaching problem in general that there's no urgency, no creativity. And that's definitely got to improve if the team wants to start putting up some wins. Yeah, the, the power play thing's really frustrating because they've gone through a couple of power play coaches now. And, you know, like even with the different coaches, it doesn't seem to have gotten any better which again, like it feels like the personnel just aren't adapting at all. Uh, and with Barzi, like uh, I didn't really, I, I should have been more specific in the uh, Montreal one because I was just kind of general with how angry I was at him. But not only did Barzi give that away, but he didn't back check. And the guy that he could have back checked scored the goal. I, I yeah. like that was pitiful. And I, I love Barzi. That can't happen for a team that, like, you know, against all, you know, humanity against all goodness in this world uh of which there is a little um like he's somehow still in the playoff picture and you're gonna put in that effort like the hockey gods are like every team in front of you is going to continue to lose and the islanders <laughs> are like cool i'm not going to do anything about it and, and and i that effort it would be a lot different if they were showing effort and they just weren't good enough um i think they're not good enough but they're also not putting any effort in. I think they've gotten better uh, offensively with the addition of Horvat, and you know he's been what we could, what we expected. Um, but my goodness, like um, you know, defenders that I thought really highly of are not playing well. Um, but the shootouts are pitiful. I know that's not like something that's like a huge aspect of the game because how often do you go to a shootout in the year? I mean, some some years a lot, some years not. 
Uh, man, the shootouts are embarrassing for the Islanders yeah. too. Uh, but the, I think the more important thing, like you said, those uh, power play overtimes, which also are pretty rare, um, like y- you can't look that bad. You can't literally turn your power plays in overtime into a chance for the other team. You have a four on three. The other team, most of the time, just looking to get off the ice. How do you turn that into a two on one the other way? How do you not back check? Uh, you guys, like you're the ones that are skating, you know, just insert like they're not skating as hard as the defenders are that have to move around to compensate for being down a man. Like Matty Barzell should not be out of energy there. Um, and I don't think he was. I think it was just the lack of effort. Uh, but the the Ottawa game overtime was just as bad. The Islanders got a ton of shots in the second period, but what they've done consistently with young goalies, and this is an ECHL level goalie. Um, is they like don't get enough shots on early, and it feels like the goalie gets to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the Islanders in the first period, like Butch talked about it, like oh, you've got a fourth string goalie, and you're not putting the puck on net. Um, they let him build his confidence, and then he looked pretty good from there. I mean, like yes, was that the most I think I've ever seen a goalie fall on his ass and win a game? Absolutely. This guy, <laughs> Mr. Mayonnaise, Mr. Mandelisi, if that's how it's pronounced. Um, just kept falling and flailing around, but he was making the saves and the Islanders couldn't tuck home rebounds. Um, just like, I, it's inexcusable. I know they finally, they eventually got to 48 shots, but it did kind of feel like uh, the high danger chances were not extremely, extremely high. Um, okay. Kevin Mandelisi yes. doesn't even have a page on the NHL website. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. And you know, the funny thing is, like, I talked about how the Islanders let goalies get acclimated like that. Everyone on Islanders Twitter knew they were going to lose that game <laughs> as soon as they saw that Kevin Mandelisi. I'm, like, purpose. I'm doing the stupid, like, hack thing of, like, pretending to not be able to pronounce a pronounceable name. Mandelisi. Uh, it's not that hard. Um, God, I've seen him in the NHL video games, and that's the only reason I know he, he exists is because oh, wow. I'm a lunatic and I do the freaking – franchise mode down to the minor league level and i'm like kevin mandelisi he's a 70 he could be the third string goalie in the ahl yeah good enough to beat the islanders that's what i always say absolutely (laughs) next time i do an ottawa mode i'll just call him up for the island game specifically (laughs) but um yeah just uh just like inexcusable bad effort um the shootouts are horrendous and i i think this team like i don't know I'm not a GM. I've never been a GM, except virtually. Um, I don't Which know... is to say that you're basically an expert. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you see a team play like it has for the last three games, do you think like this team doesn't deserve reinforcements? Or do you go the other way and, and be stupid and buy again? That is a great segue into what we think, you know, the team should do. So uh, before we answer that question, why don't we break down kind of the three options? So either Sterling or Tom, whoever wants to talk about it. So the three options we stated before were the team could retool, could be buyers of the deadline, or they could go for complete rebuild. So go for like, whichever one you pick, just kind of like elaborate on it. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to hear like maybe uh, like our roadmaps of like first this deadline and then the world, mm. then what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then our fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I'm thinking eight Stanley cups. You know, yeah. not after six, this, <laughs> not seven, not eight. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Sterling, what do you think to kind of go off Tom's question then? So, uh, yeah. So what does the GM do? What does the team do? 
What do you think? Yeah. Well, the team is definitely going to add, I think, because if they did nothing last season, which was the perfect opportunity to sell, they're not selling when they're one point out of the playoff spot. But if I were the GM, I'd look to do some sort of balance between retool and add. I think next year you really have to go out and try to win a cup. And I think that starts with getting assets to make moves that could help you do that. So specifically, I think Mayfield and Varlamov are your selling assets for this deadline. Uh, We talked before the podcast about potentially Florida being a good fit for both of them. Maybe someone like Edmonton. I know Varley has been linked to them in the past and whatever, but one of those teams that needs a goaltender, needs that defensive depth. I think you should be able to get out at least a first, maybe something else that's not bad, maybe a first and a second for those two. And then you make moves in the off season. I also wouldn't be surprised to see a depth pickup in case they think they might have a shot. Uh, Emotionally, I do want them to get someone and reinforce the depth, especially if they're not an expiring UFA, so you can have them next year. Um, So just to summarize where I'm at, in real life, they're going to go all in. They probably should be retooling. I want them to sell, but I also want them to add at the same time. So that's where I am. Well, so uh so for re for like okay just to kind of clarify then so you're saying like the trade package would be mayfield and varley yeah uh and then to put to get picks back for that but are you thinking any players to get back for this season or are you just thinking for next season those deals specifically are probably going to be picks especially because i think a lot of people don't think you could get a first for either of them so if that's the case, you really want to make sure you could get as high of a pick as possible, and that would mean no player return. Okay, so that yeah, so then but so then for depth pickup, you know, this season, uh, what were you thinking? Uh, just you know, if you don't have a player in in mind, that's fine. Just you know, any yeah. elaborate on that. I I know the one Islanders fans love to talk about is Rana from Detroit, but I'm not a fan of that because under pressure right now given everything he's gone through recently so i think i saw today uh, something weird is developing in edmonton with them having too many players on the roster it seems like they're they might be giving up puliarvi and like i looked at his stats for this year he has 11 points in 50 something games but in the past couple of seasons he's like half a point per game player i think that's not a terrible option but if we're really going retool mode he is a expiring ufa so that doesn't make a lot of sense but if you also get a defenseman then yeah like sure i think that's not a problem i think pulley rv the good thing with pulley rv is like his trade value is probably the lowest it's ever been so it's like you're buying low you're doing you know part of the equation um, if you, and I do think if you're going to add a depth guy at this point, 
it would make sense to buy very low on a guy that like you can, Oh, Hey, I think if he has this guy as a line mate who we currently have, like that could turn him around and that could get his career back going. Um, especially taking chances on like young players like that. So I like that idea uh, of like a, a guy like that. I think Brana actually, um, I could see working out because it sounds like, look, no situation's the same, but, uh, you know, we were able to help, uh, Var, uh, not Varley Leonard, um, uh, when he had his issues coming in with alcoholism, um, and, and drugs. And I think, you know, Lou, Lou gets a lot of flack, but I think that's something he could be very professional about, uh, and help Verona with that. He's a very young player. He's a very young person. He's younger than me. So I feel like there's plenty of time in his life to figure it out. Meanwhile, I'm a year older and my life's over. That's just how it works. Um, but Tom, yeah, stop I, trying I, to lie. All right. Yeah. You, we know you, you look young, but you're like 45 years old. No, I, I, went to the, I, I saw a picture today of like me in 2016, not even 2016, 2018. And I was like, oh, God, I look terrible now. But um, I yeah, so I am pretty close to agreement with, uh, with Sterling. I think they need to retool. I think that requires uh, trading Varley and Mayfield. So same, we're on, you know, lockstep on that. Um, I do also agree. I think one of them probably gets you a first. It really depends on the team, I guess, that he goes to. I had an idea, and this is an idea that I think Sterling could get on board with in the crowd of like wanting to sell and get what you can back, but also not fully abandoning the year. And that is you send Varley to the LA Kings. Um, you get back a high pick um, and you acqu- acquire uh, maybe Phoenix Copley, um, who's their um, their current starter. But like he's a starter. He's never started before. He's only their starter because Cal Peterson failed and got sent down. Jonathan Quick is, you know, barely hanging in there. Um, the Kings are good and they need a goalie now. And Varley is vastly better than both of their options. And Phoenix Copley, having never started in a full season, I think uh, it would be a lot. I think we'd probably see better returns out of him uh, backing up Sorokin and not playing as much. So I I, I think that could work. Um, There's not a lot of teams that I think would swap goalies like that. Um, But I I do think that would be – Lou doesn't seem to have given up on this year, and I think that would be a good – middle ground of like let's re- recoup assets but give Sorokin somebody behind him that has NHL experience rather than I mean Corey Schneider has NHL experience but I don't <laughs> want to call it let's let the Bridgeport team try to make their playoffs with Corey Schneider let's get our own backup so um that's where I stand on that Mayfield I think there's a lot of teams that would would kill for Mayfield he checks off all the boxes that makes that that make um every G- old GM in the league super happy um, playoff experience, right-handed, um, has a little bit of offense to his game more than you would think at first glance. And he's big. Basically you just be big and you can have an NHL career. You can be <laughs> terrible and be big. You look at Taylor, uh, Tyler Myers, uh, and Jack Johnson and Eric Goodbranson, you can be terrible. And if you're just a big guy, you're getting money. Uh, and for the Islanders, you're getting draft picks back. So, um, I think those are the two. Uh, I know a few weeks ago we talked about like trade all the pending UFAs. Uh, I think there was, I, I saw a, a fair opinion, which is the Islanders are probably not going to trade pending UFA Zach Parise because he is 37 years old and does not want to have his life, uh, you know, like upended and moved to another location for the rest of this year. 
like you got to take into account like the human aspect too. And also I want Parise around these guys. I want Parise to try to keep these guys hungry when the coach clearly isn't. Um, Cause Parise I think is a good role model for a lot of Islanders forward. So, and, and he also doesn't cost the team anything. He's on league minimum. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know how much you're going to get back for him anyway. Yeah. You're going to get something like he is a capable forward still. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like teams are not going to break the bank for that. And uh, I don't think it's worth <laughs> making him move for the rest of the year um, for a sixth round picker. It probably wouldn't be that late. It would be like between the third and the fifth round, I think. But um, yeah, so full agreement on who we should trade. I wouldn't mind getting a, you know, a backup back, a warm body to play in that yeah. that currently can play in the NHL. Um, and, uh, I guess the, I'm, so if you're on the full rebuild route, um, I don't, I don't know anybody that's currently on the buy, like buy at the deadline route, unless you're literally just like, don't trade away Varley and Mayfield, which I disagree with. And you're like, oh, they should add like a depth forward, you know, cause that wouldn't set them back anymore. (laughs) I mean, like at this point, like, yeah, sure. Trade a fourth rounder. I don't like, I don't know. Um, although they've had some pretty good late picks recently, so maybe don't. Um, but I, I don't want to see us like trade the rest of our prospects for Timo Meyer. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's going to save the fact that our defensive structure is terrible. Um, and our efforts bad. So I, and, and other teams are going to beat us out in that offer. Um, so I, if you are in full rebuild, um, then Brock then you would trade Brock if you're like totally done with this core and you're only like, if you're tearing up all the pieces that aren't Sorokin, uh, Barzi, uh, Dobson and like prospects, then um, you're trading Brock and you're getting a big haul back. Like if you're on full rebuild, what I'm about, not there. What about I'm, for the defense? You know, like if you're full rebuild, I mean, that screams Pollock, especially. I, I just they're uh, Pollock and Pellock kind of have contracts that are just like that's all right. Oh, I'm not going to deal with that. Like other teams, like that's just a lot to add to your cap. Um, and and like they're both signed for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, so I feel it makes like sense you, to build around them than to. Yeah, you don't see a yeah. lot of gigantic contracts get traded like that. Um, you know, you see like what the Islanders did, where they traded for the guy and then they extended him. Uh, which makes me pretty certain that we're not flipping Bo at the deadline. Oh, as, could you imagine? People, people <laughs> have talked about that. I think, one, he's clearly a fit. Um, and two, um, like, why would you – that would be very cruel to do to Barzal, to give him hope and then immediately be like, guess what? You're playing with Matt Molson again. We're re-signing <laughs> Matt Molson. I mean, I'd love to see Matt Molson play. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're not flipping – Bo. So Bo's going to be here. Bo's going to be part of whatever retool, rebuild, whatever they're doing. He's going to be here. Um, they can't move Lee. He's got a full no trade. Pajot uh, has a modified no trade. I think in the offseason, um, no matter what you're doing, rebuild or retool, I think Bailey has to either get bought out, buried in the minors, or, I mean, in a perfect world, traded. But I don't know who's trading for him. Because you have to attach a sweetener to get a team to take on a contract like that. And we saw, I mean, what happened with Toronto a few years ago, they attached a sweetener. They had to give away a first round pick just to get rid of, uh, I think it was Patrick Marlowe's contract. Um, 
Bailey's is not horrendous because there's only one more year left on it. Um, and I think they might be able to bury him and just then they like if you buy him out, then you have to pay him for two years. But it's at a much less, you know, it's half the cost over two years. Um, so I, I, I think if you bury him in the minors, he's just going to retire anyway. Like if you send down Josh Bailey, you're not going to see Josh Bailey in Bridgeport next year unless he's like yeah. the new head coach. You don't think the um, team would uh, pick him up as a depth guy? No, no, no. I think he's totally cooked. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I wow. think he's okay. completely done. I, you know, I used to joke even in the years where he wasn't playing well, he finds a way to score like one highlight real goal where you dro- drop your jaw and you're like, where, like, where has this been? And uh, he's not even capable of that anymore. I, I don't think I've seen that this year. I don't think we will see that this year. I, I don't think I've been impressed by Josh Bailey for a millisecond of this year. Oh my God. You're shitting on him so much. He's going to score the goal of his life in one of the upcoming games. Sure. And then, and then what's he going to do for the next, you know, the rest Absolutely of the nothing, but yeah. just, just to make sure that you're wrong for this oh, season, he will score that goal. We, we know, we know from history, like I'll crap all over a guy and then he'll play his best game of the year right after that. I think I've done that several times. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, could be another one. I, I challenge Josh Bailey to a fight. No, I challenge him. <laughs> New score. Now he, I, I've seen the old training video. He killed me. <laughs> That's in good shape, despite not being very good at hockey anymore. Um, but, okay. So, yeah. um, so I'm just to reiterate, I am mm-hmm. team trade Varley and um, Mayfield, and then try to be good next year. So I am also in the retool department. And uh, if you're going to go full rebuild, then you trade Brock right now. You get full value for the, the accuracy winner competition at the All Star Game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you 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 sell that. You go, look, he got a medal. <laughs> I don't know if um, he got a medal for that. I think he got like a check. So, uh, where does that leave? We you, we kind of talked about Lane in the beginning. Where does that leave coaching? Fire him things? yesterday. <laughs> no, okay, but for next season, I I hire Barry Trotz again. My best guess is I don't think Trotz is coming back. I don't think you know, like I for whatever reason, I don't know. Trotz might decide to retire like who knows um officially if he comes but... back i'll give him half my paycheck <laughs> wow and he'll he'll be so appreciative i'll be like wow that's an 18th of what i used to make and i'll be like oh. but if every islanders fan gives a we each give him half <laughs> of our paychecks i'll be yeah you know? it'll be it'll be like uh the fans that like when a player gets fined they're like let's pay for his fine uh let's demo <laughs> him for his fine it's like you're talking about a million, like a million, like That's a millionaire. Like if you do that, don't talk to me and don't breathe on me. But <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So what does that leave our, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not familiar with the coaches that we could possibly hire but, so, and, and GMs. Like what's the Fred GM Thompson going to be? Like, I, don't think Lou, I don't think Lou is going to be around next year. Um, um, um oh, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm going to jump out my window. I'm going to walk into the Long Island Sound. And emerge a Bridgeport Island. Ah. Yeah. You're going to go all the way across the Long Island Sound. Anyway. Gonna, I want to be their GM and rebrand them back to the Sound Tigers, but that's for... That's I for, agree. That's for no time. Nobody's ever interested in that conversation. I, I agree. Them. Well, I mean... I talked to people on like... We made a video street. about it. When they go, rebranded. Oh, uh, that's true. When I go, when I go to like stores, I'm gonna be on the grocery aisle and just be like, 
man, Bridgeport Islanders doesn't have the same ring to it. And people are just going to be like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Bridgeport Islanders. Like what? It's not an Island. It's Connecticut. And they'll be like, I'm just trying to buy food. And you're like, excuse me. I'm Mr. Bunch. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> uh, don't, don't call me Mr. Bunch. That was my father. I'm Belmont. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, any, but seriously, any comments on coaching or GM, what's going to happen next year? Any, any just, Complete speculation. I see no scenario I, where it's positive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like a, a, a magic eight ball of despair. Yes. Yeah. Only bad answers. And what about you, Stuart? I was, I was holding out hope that Lane would be sort of similar to the retool where he just is going to like learn and get better over time. But I think these past couple of games have shown the team is not interested in that. So no land, hopefully, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's still here. I know Bruce Boudreau became available, but like, like you said, none of the options make me think the team gets better, which is sad. Like last season, I think Rick Tockett was available, Tortorello was available, and I'm not saying I want either of those guys, but like, I, I think they're more interesting than what's available now. I, I think I would get I, like Boudreaux. I'd be willing to give a shot. Um, it feels like, I, I, I mean, ha, I don't really, you know, there's always like hot assistant coaches uh, on the market. Like Lay Lambert apparently was like <laughs> the D- Detroit's like favored guy. Um, and then we were like, no, we're going to hold on to him and we're going to be amazing. And then we turned out to be the Doug Wade Islanders. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Hey, you know what? Let's just run it back with Jack Capuano and see how many meatball subs we can down. <laughs> I can say that. I can say that. I'm Italian. <laughs> okay. So um, I think I, well, I would have chicken parm. Probably the, not last, the last thing we'll, and we'll talk about is uh, the upcoming games this week. So do we have to? Um, unfortunately, as it's in your contract that I made you sign. Why did uh, I sign my own contract? So this is, and it uh, says you, you get zero dollars, and James gets a billion. Mm-hmm, yes, all the all that sweet sweet ad revenue that we totally make um, with our five hundred subscribers. Woo-hoo. So, which we're very appreciative. Thank you. Yeah, oh, hell yeah, we're yeah. stagnant as hell. Yeah. We love our fans. We don't want a single more. We don't want to add any fans. We yeah. exactly where we're at. Nobody else watches. <laughs> we're gonna nag our fans and people yeah. into subscribing. Don't hug me. I'm scared. Okay, so um, we have three division games coming up. I mean, couldn't be more important. To we're playing Pittsburgh twice in the next four days. Um, so this is coming out on Friday, February 17th. Uh, we're playing Pittsburgh tonight when you see if you're watching this when the day comes out. Um, and then we're playing Boston on Saturday and then Pittsburgh again in Pittsburgh on Monday. So, yeah, I mean, and then the Jet will probably end up uh, releasing the next podcast after the Jets Winnipeg Jets game. Um, I will be at the arena for that game. Nice. All right. So uh, it's going to be a Bowman Punch meetup. Um, look for Tom. <laughs> He's going to, but he'll only respond to you if you call him Mr. Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, yeah. So what do you guys think is, you know, hopeful outcome, realistic outcome? What do you think? Um, I think this is probably a hopeful, but I think my realistic outcome actually is 
by the time the next episode comes out, we're in a playoff spot. I think we don't keep the spot, but I think we'll be in it by next week. I don't know why I'm saying that, but that's <laughs> what I think will happen. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it's almost like we're, we're, we're gathering points at a snail's pace, you know, whether it's OT points or, or actual wins, you know, the few wins that we're able to pull out, but yet we're somehow like, you know, the games in hand are kind of like that other teams have on, on the Islanders are getting less and less. And somehow we're still right outside of wild card spot. So I, I just think that yeah, Pittsburgh and Washington are just, you know, probably honestly going through similar struggles, uh, just with their aging teams. And so, yeah, yeah, I can, I definitely, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know if we'd be in a playoff spot next week, but I wouldn't be surprised to see us get into a wild card spot, but then ultimately not stay in that spot. But um, I, I think it would be good for the league if Buffalo and Detroit make the playoffs and us three old, slow, crappy teams, us, <laughs> the, uh, the, us, the caps and Pittsburgh. Like if we all missed, look, nobody wants to see the caps or Pittsburgh again. They've been in the playoffs like every year for the last decade um i'd love to see buffalo in um i've talked about that um and uh detroit like it would be um i don't know how much more interesting it would be than the islanders yeah like probably a little bit but i mean man look at there there's no light behind these eyes anymore okay wait and that's solely if you look at the 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 last video before the last three games there is light still there yes Mm -hmm. and now it's gone yeah. So, um, well, that's well. You just made me think, though. Like, what would it take for this team? Because even if it's his team, you know, fell backwards into the playoffs, into a playoff spot, it's like they would just get. Like, I don't see it making a difference. Like, they're not. I don't. I don't see them turning it on in the playoffs. Do you, you know what wait, I mean? Wait, wait. So, I just want you on record. You don't think they're going to beat the best team of all time, the Boston. <laughs> you don't. You don't think they're going to beat a team that's forty-eight and five. <laughs> Wait, let's actually look at Boston's record. They're 40, oh, shit. 40 yes. eight and five. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were kidding. Nope. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Holy yep. shit. A yep, yep. Plus yep. 81 so, goal differential. I mean, look, let's just lop the overtime points in like the Into overtime losses. Loss. The yeah. Islanders are 27 and 30, which is what they deserve to be. Boston <laughs> is 40 and 13. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. hey, man. It's a miracle on ice. It might have. It might happen again. It happened once before. <laughs> it, it was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> I I think um, this uh, this Pittsburgh game like the, this better be like their best showing of the year. Like oh like Bardon, this better be their best showing of the year. Just based off of like the lack of effort in the last three games, um, they should count their blessings that they're still in it. And. They absolutely need to play the Pittsburgh game like it's game seven of the Stanley Cup. And I, I know gotta, it's a, I know it's a back to back. I don't care if they lose to Boston. Like they're gonna yeah, they, they're gonna lose the Boston. Um the perfect scenario for that weekend is to get three points. Uh, but I don't I don't think like I would take two because I don't think they're getting a point again. Like, especially like if the Islanders were on full rest, I don't know about them getting a point. They're gonna be exhausted because I I do think. God, I don't know why, because they haven't given me any reason to think it, but like I feel like they're gonna have to, they're gonna put in their most, they're gonna put in the best effort. That doesn't mean like they're gonna win, but I feel like they're gonna put in a crazy amount of effort against Pittsburgh. And straight up, it like look, Lane should have been fired already, I think. 
Um, but if they like lose those three games, like why, why, like what's the point yeah. of keeping them around? And like, cause I feel like, you know, at the end of the year, at that point, like, first of all, the season's over if they lose both games to Pittsburgh, like what's probably going to happen is they're going to win one of those games, lose the other and keep us just barely strung along. Like we are currently, um, mm-hmm. they would do us a favor to either win both or lose both. And I hope there's no in between. Well, you know what's going to happen. They're going to lose both Pittsburgh's game, but somehow win the Boston game. You know what? Even that that would be enough to, like, you know, kill them because, like, it's the head-to-head games, like, against Pittsburgh. Right, right. They're not going to make the – like, they're only going to make the playoffs. They have six games left that matter a ton. Three against Pittsburgh, three against the Capitals. Uh, Straight up, they need to pretty much go, like, five and one, I think. Um like four and two might like is good, but might not be enough. Uh, that's how, that's how like dire it kind of is. So if they lose both games, I, I like the season's over and you could just yeah. like start talking about the off season already and uh, I, hope the ticket prices go down. <laughs> the good thing is you were mentioning how the fans don't want to see Penguins Washington for the 50th time in a row. Mm-hmm. If the score, like nothing drastic happens in this Panthers-Capitals game from this point on, we're looking at last season. I think it was fair to say everyone knew who was making the playoffs in like January or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If this game holds, we're looking at quite literally a five-team race. If you want to count Pittsburgh as not being locked, a six-team race for the wild card spots. Yeah. Which – even though the Islanders probably aren't making it like that's so entertaining and something I think the Eastern conference really needs. Yeah, that's fair. I think, you know, uh, I will like, I am very negative right now and I usually am, but if, if they're still in it, like I, you know, you, you'd have to not have a pulse if there's some, like if they're still at this position in like, 10 to 15 games, we're talking about a real, real, like every point matters playoff race. That'll be really exciting. Even if they're not playing well, like, I mean, look, it is like crazy because like I care so much because they're in it and all they give me is heartbreak right now. Um, So they're killing me slowly, but I think you, you would have to get your pulse checked uh, if you're a hockey fan and like your team isn't in a playoff chase, even if they're playing like crap. Like, it seems yeah. like an oxymoron. Like, they shouldn't be in the chase if they're playing like crap. But if every team's playing the same amount of crap, then you're in it. And yes. currently, that's the case. I hope Florida does win that game uh, because, hey, if the Islanders don't get in, I'm going to be rooting for not the Caps or Pittsburgh to get in. <laughs> I'd love it's, to, like, I would take Florida and Buffalo in a heartbeat as the yeah. two wild cards. That would be fun. It's just so crazy to think, like, in the past. I mean, it's just, I don't know why, but the past couple seasons, right? It's just like the Metro has been the tightest division. And mm-hmm. now it's like, it's just falling apart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean, it, I shouldn't say that big... just the, just Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh and Washington specifically just. Yeah. Well, off, there's a know? big gap right? because like, I think you're seeing right now in the West um, really not a lot of, there's one team in the West over 70 points and in the East there's six. Um, the East is top heavy kind of like last year, but with with a playoff chase instead of, you know, it all being settled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, you know, if the Islanders were in the West, like, oh, you know, I hate playing the what-if game, but it's hilarious because the Islanders would be 
in a playoff spot in the West. Uh, yeah, uh, but it's close. Based on points percentage, they would not. Oh, oh but, they wouldn't. Um, okay. Yeah, maybe they'd be in the same exact spot, actually. Well, because uh, it's uh, actually, yeah, I guess it's not that different when it comes down to the wild card spots, uh, except that Edmonton's better than the Pittsburgh or Washington. But um, yeah, you know what? I, I mean, like, I. There's no salvation, Tom. Stop trying yeah, to find no, it. There's, uh, I agree. No, I, I, I if I'm we move like, UBS to the West well, I, Coast, I just know that we yeah, still I know, wouldn't be in the playoffs. <laughs> I know in my heart, like that. I mean, I believe this is my truth. I'm speaking my truth that the Islanders truly stink, and um, they will fall backwards into some wins and stay in it. And if they do make the playoffs, they will get like historically annihilated um i like florida i think florida stands a chance uh if they get in and i think even if buffalo gets in and loses like i'd love to watch them lose six you know like nine eight to boston every night because like tage thompson scores like a double hat trick and stuff um the islanders i feel like for a neutral fan there's not much of a draw outside of like sorokin anymore um and the Islanders are so bad, they're turning me into a neutral fan. <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, I'm just trying to like reckon with the fact that I know in a few weeks, like I'm talking right now, like it's the end of the world, and I'm gonna have to get like, I, I don't know, I'm just like trying to be invested. It's such a weird spot as a fan to be uh, rooting for, like either they should be completely out of it or they need to play amazing, and I'm not okay with anything in the middle because. I, I would rather just have their draft pick be this year if they're going to be that yeah. bad and not make the playoffs. And I have the sneaking suspicion they're going to miss the playoffs, not have their pick next year. I mean, sorry, not have their pick this year. And like, that's just like an awful scenario, which is I think the most likely outcome is like miss the playoffs, but not be bad enough to keep your pick for this year. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough spot. Um, all right. Any closing thoughts? Bring back Franz Nielsen solely for the shootout. <laughs> the whole game he sits on the bench he doesn't move at all and then they get to the shootout and he takes all their shots yeah. uh, and then maybe okay. like for defensive depth like we could give Chara another shot <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, That's, I think you know what's funny we lost Leo Komarov and Chara and our team sucks <laughs> yeah. I, I think really like you gotta go back they should like if they're out of it near the end of the year, play full alumni teams. Like, <laughs> I, I want to see Andrew McDonald playing on a defensive pairing with Ryan Pollock. I want to see Noah Dobson playing with Mark Streit. Um, have fun with it. Have it be like a pro-am, even though it's not a, <laughs> yeah. a pro, pro-retiree. So it'll be like for every Islander, every current Islander, you put a retired Islander on their line. So yeah. like, David Volk plays with Matt Barzell. I thought it was great. Just one more comment about that was a couple weeks ago, I saw they were doing some alumni event at UBS. And this was the first time I feel like I've seen them celebrate some 2010s players. Like usually it's all about the 80s or whatever, but they were having like Mark Strait and I think McDonald was there too. And I don't know, that's pretty exciting for me because that was the first team i ever watched yeah it's really easy to celebrate the the teams that won obviously 
Uh, and I, like, I'm not going to say they shouldn't because like those guys are getting older. We have to appreciate them while they're here. We've seen a few of them go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we're going to continue to see like the 2000s. I mean, because people are getting older and the Islanders are going to want to, you know, play to their fans. And so, yeah, I, I'd love to see Matt Molson at the arena. I think people – he's been there, I think, once once or twice. There go the headphones. There go everything. There <laughs> goes everything. Um, I, I'd love to see Matt Molson there. Um, hell, get me P.A. Parento. Uh, w- w- the second Kyle Oposo retires, I want him in the stadium. Um, yeah. uh, let's bring back Gar Snow for fun. Have it be Bill, <laughs> billboard night. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I mean – I, I'm sure there are some fans that are like annoying and be like, "Whoa, what's there to celebrate? They sucked." It's like, well, that was my childhood, so <laughs> eat it. Um, like, I, I, I'll go to the arena just to watch highlights of the 2013 playoffs. Yeah. I don't care. Like, as long as I get to talk to David Olstrom <laughs> and Keith <laughs> the Coin, I want to talk to Keith the Coin and David Olstrom and other obscure Islanders. I think yeah. at some point we should have uh, like a, a competition uh, in the Islander fan base because I think Islander fans are good at this at naming uh, the most obscure players possible, oh, yeah. like head to head, and you have to keep naming them, and whoever runs out first loses. I think that'd be incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Awesome. On that note, I think it's time to say goodbye to this Islanders team as we know it and to each other. Uh, so <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Uh, every train in the country has derailed at the same time and the chemicals are in the air. Totally oh my joking. goodness. Uh, and that's why the Islanders aren't playing well good. It's yeah. all those chemicals. Yeah. Uh, that's what we finally figured it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, if you are interested in being on the podcast and uh, being a guest at some point, you know, Email I don't care at gmail.com. Find some way of reaching out to us, uh, whether it's Twitter, that's probably the best way. Um, and uh and we will possibly see you soon. So all right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>